Happy New Year's. It is New Year's Eve 2021, and you are listening to the final 2021 episode of Michigan Speak Out. Yes, we're going to be going into 2022 with the show, but we got to put a year to close. And with it, we're going to be talking about a close of a second chapter of ministry in the city with a heart. Yes, Suzanne's Kitchen is on the move in 2022, but they had one more time to gather after 17 years at First Congregational Church today in the city with a heart. So we got that coming up to talk to Judy from Suzanne's Kitchen. And we have more to talk about as well. We're talking about a winter storm. When we come back after FSN News. From Feature Story News in New York, I'm William Denzelow. 2022 is underway in parts of the world. And the head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, says it's a year that could see the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. But he warned that narrow nationalism and vaccine hoarding creates inequalities that raises the risk of the virus evolving further. Infectious disease experts in the United States say the current surge in Omicron infections is worse than ever, but may also be over far quicker than other variants of the coronavirus. Despite challenges in mapping the COVID-19 pandemic, there is precedent with Omicron in South Africa. Caroline Malone reports. On Thursday, the CDC said there was more than half a million new coronavirus cases in the US, with a seven-day average of 343,000 a day. That's likely to be a fraction of the true number as people struggle to get COVID tests and don't report positive results. But cases are rising so fast that the peak of infections could come by mid-January, say scientists from Columbia and Harvard universities. There was a rapid peak and decline of Omicron cases in South Africa, with a relatively modest rise in hospitalizations. The US CDC forecasts national hospitalization rates to rise to 15,000 new daily admissions by mid-January. The UK government says it's met its target of offering all eligible adults in England a coronavirus booster jab by the end of 2021. Prime Minister Boris Johnson has set that goal as the Omicron variant of COVID-19 started to sweep the nation. Laura Macon-Isherwood reports. When the Omicron variant of COVID-19 emerged and infection rates started soaring, the UK government looked to vaccines as a possible way through. Now, on New Year's Eve, the Department for Health is claiming success, saying all who are eligible for a third shot have now been offered one. But despite the availability, around 3 in 10 adults still haven't had a third jab. And amid continually high daily infections figures and rising numbers of hospitalisations, ministers are urging everyone to do what they can to protect themselves. Health bosses have warned that a surge of admissions could still come and say the government needs to be ready to bring in tighter restrictions at speed should they be needed. Thousands of people have been forced to flee their homes as wildfires spread through a suburban part of Colorado. The fires in the US state are being fueled by winds exceeding 100 miles per hour. A state of emergency has been declared. And lawyers representing Virginia Dufresne have asked for proof that Prince Andrew has an inability to sweat. Dufresne alleges that she was sexually assaulted by Prince Andrew at properties owned by Jeffrey Epstein as well as Ghislaine Maxwell, who was found guilty this week of grooming and sexually abusing young girls. 
The royal denies the claims and has argued that a medical condition preventing him from sweating contradicts Dufresne's story. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks, closing out our week looking at the life and times of the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu, the lion of South Africa's anti-apartheid struggle. When Nelson Mandela and Walter Sisulu were jailed by the country's white minority government, in the 1980s Desmond Tutu became the international face of the struggle against apartheid. In October 1985, on a visit to London, he publicly chided then-Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, accusing her of siding with the apartheid regime. He called on her to change course and stop backing repression. We need the kind of action which is going to end apartheid. Because, you see, my dear friends, I mean, we're laughing and so forth. But, I mean, we're talking about issues of life and death. As I sit here, people are languishing in jail just simply because they are opposed to apartheid. People are being tortured. Children are being killed. And we're not playing marbles. I mean, if, if governments, Western governments think that we're playing marbles, then okay. But we're not going to remain unfree forever. And it's not a threat when we say we will remember who helped us. I hope I'm around to, to do the reminding. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, his body has been lying in state at St. George's Cathedral in Cape Town ahead of his funeral on Saturday. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. FSN is an independent source of news for TV, radio and digital networks worldwide. You can find more of our minute-by-minute -minute updates on Twitter. Follow us there at Feature Story. And we have a wealth of audio and video stories from our global news bureaus on Facebook. You can find us there by following Feature Story News. Stay tuned for further updates right here. But for now, that's the latest Feature Story News. William Denzelow reporting. Welcome back to Michigan Speak Out. A shortened version, but a good way to wrap up 2021. And Happy New Year's to you and best of luck to Coach Freeman and the Notre Dame Irish getting ready to Oklahoma on Saturday. Kickoff is set for the early afternoon. So good luck to Coach Freeman and the Fighting Irish. Play like a champion today, just passing a nice truck with the Irish Notre Dame theme on Bristol Street. Well, Saturday into Sunday, we have a winter storm that is going to be impacting northern Indiana and lower Michigan. Those of you who are listening to this podcast through our iRadio channel weekend programming, we've got you covered with the latest alerts from the National Weather Service. So please, you don't need to go out and panic by, but you do need to be aware the roads are still going to be treacherous and this is going to be really our second significant snowfall so please be careful and, and drive safe don't be stupid and be careful tonight it is New Year's Eve watch out for the drunks we don't want anybody getting killed and definitely don't go out there and shoot off your gun someone is going to get hurt and you're definitely going to be in the slam so not a good choice Downtown Elkhart tonight on Friday at 10.30 is fireworks. There's ice skating hosted by Inova celebrating 80 years. 
is serving the Michiana community in Elkhart, 80 years old, wow. I remember when it was Bayer Federal Credit Union having their little uh, bank there on Beardsley and West Boulevard. So congratulations to them, but fireworks tonight, Friday night at 8.30. And CNN, you can send them a tweet, have it scroll across the bottom with Andy Cohan and Anderson Cooper again tonight. Maybe we can send some love from Elkhart. A lot of prayers for Saturday for severe weather in the south. Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi, you are in Major Bullseye Saturday for severe weather. Please, if you know anybody down there, give them a warning. Well, I'm keeping this podcast short and sweet. I ask all of you, please, to listen to my interview yesterday or through iRadio. Keep listening to the interview with Ron Varash, our racing expert. Severe bout this month with COVID-19. He didn't get to be having any stays or ICU stuff, but he had it pretty bad. And we want to share his testimony with you. So please listen to the podcast, post it on our station, our Anchor Podcast channel, or continue to listen to iRadio for that story. Let's go on to BreakingNewsEnglish.com for this Friday episode. And then when we come back, my interview with the cook from Susanna's Kitchen. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Test positive or test negative. Stay positive when it comes to COVID. Stay negative. Test positive, as CNN or CBS would say. Madagascar minister swims for 12 hours after helicopter crash. This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com. A minister in Madagascar's government has beaten the odds to survive a helicopter crash and a marathon swim. Serge Gelley, the country's Secretary of State for Police, swam to the mainland on Tuesday after the helicopter he was a passenger in crashed into the Indian Ocean off the island's northeast coast. Mr. Gelley was one of two passengers known to have survived the crash. They both swam for 12 hours to reach the shore. Gelley told reporters that he used one of the helicopter's seats as a flotation device. News agencies are reporting that at least 39 people perished in the disaster. A police spokesperson said rescue workers had retrieved 18 bodies. He lamented that the death toll could increase over the next few days. Mr. Gelley, 57, was in high spirits after his rescue, despite looking totally exhausted. He managed to muster up the energy to recount his ordeal to reporters. He spoke to journalists while slumped in a deck chair and still wearing his camouflage uniform. He said he ejected himself from the aircraft when he knew it was in trouble. He became police chief earlier this year after serving in the police force for three decades. His colleague offered a reason as to why he survived the crash. He said, Gelley has always had great stamina in sport and he's kept up this rhythm as minister just like a 30-year-old. He has nerves of steel. Mr. Gelley said, My time to die hasn't come yet. The cause of the crash is currently under investigation. 
Japanese professor invents lickable TV screen. This is BreakingNewsEnglish.com. Have you ever wanted to taste the delicious-looking food you see on cooking shows? Well, that wish has moved a step closer. A professor in Japan has developed a prototype TV screen that you can lick. It's called TTTV. This abbreviation means taste the TV. Professor Home Miyashita from Meiji University in Tokyo created the screen. He said it could become taste-a-vision. If he created a screen that emits smells, we could also have smell-a-vision. Professor Miyashita wanted to create a screen that gave a multi-sensory experience. He hopes his work means that screen technology can move on from just having pictures and sound to a screen that engages the sense of taste, too. Professor Miyashita said his screen can imitate food flavors. It works a bit like an inkjet printer that uses different cartridges to create different colors. Instead of ink, Miyashita's TTTV uses 10 different flavor cartridges. These spray a combination of flavors onto a hygienic film that is part of the TV screen. The TV viewer can then lick the screen to sample the taste. Professor Miyashita said, the goal is to make it possible for people to have the experience of something like eating at a restaurant on the other side of the world, even while staying at home. A student at Meiji University sampled a chocolate she saw on the screen. She said, it's sweet like a chocolate sauce. Miyashita said TTTV would cost about $870. This is Jerry Golland reporting from Ottawa, Canada. News Source 1 Michiana is still your station for happy and whole in him and school and community. News from Sylvia Stark. Michiana Racing Coverage still expounds with Ron Verash and we give a hearty station welcome to Fred Webster who will cover Plymouth and Rochester News. More is coming next. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's 2022. This is Keith Thews for New Source 1 Michiana's afternoon podcast of Michiana Speak Out. Today is a closing of a second chapter of ministry for Elkhart Susanna's Kitchen. And joining me is Judy, right? And uh, what's your name so I get the last name correct here? It's Judy Hyatt Howie. All right. And Judy... Uh, Tell us what it what what comes to mind. What your thoughts are as this second chapter of your ministry in Elkhart comes to a close. Well, I feel like um, it's just a stopover. We we've been here 17 years wow. in this building, and we've been in existence 39 years. Unbelievable. So um, we've been quietly serving the underprivileged people and street people. So. Now I think that uh, Elkhart has had an awakening and know that we are here. And through the grace of God, we have gotten a new building and we will be moving there. 
And I think that uh, I, I'm hoping, anyway, that we'll get everything in place and we'll be here another 40 years. Oh, sweet. So how long have you been part of Suzanne's Kitchen? And tell us the history and obviously tell us where you're going to be moving and how soon. Okay. Well, um, I've been here 11 years. And... Um, the kitchen started over on Division Street in the old Grace Methodist Church. The ladies of the circles, the Methodist circle ladies, uh, decided that they needed to uh, help the people on the street and the less fortunate, and they started serving. When they did, they would actually bring soup at home and bring it in, and they made bread, and that's what was served, exactly, soup and bread. But when we moved from Division Street, when they moved over to here, uh, we were able to get connected with USDA and the food bank, so we were able to get more food in, and then we started cooking our own meals. And like I said, I've been here 11 years cooking, and um, and I'm hoping a couple more years, and we get Susanna's in place and ready to go, and I know that it's safe and we'll be here another 40 years, then I might retire. But until then, I'll keep on cooking. All right, and so tell us some of the foods that you cook, and where are you going to be moving to? Well, we're going to be moving to the old uh, Knights of Columbus building that's down on Lexington. I really don't know the address. It's right across the street from uh, Central Perks. And um, uh, we're... We're going to be moving, but we probably won't open again now until February 3rd is my shot that I'm hitting, shooting for is February 3rd. And we just cook normal meals. I mean, we have all kinds of things that, you know, from, from uh, eggs and pancakes like today to we have... Um, spaghetti and macaroni and we have um, pork chops and gravy and you know we just have everything I mean we cook I just cook like I would if it was my family oh wonderful did you do anything special for for Christmas we did we had we had the ham dinner and and the mashed potatoes and yams and all that always before we've had big Christmas parties for them and we've given away things but this year was just not something that we could get that together. Okay. And for the final meal today at the second you know, location, what did you have for today? Today we had uh, egg frittata and pancakes. All right. And so will the new facility much be a much bigger building compared to the church here? And when did you get word that you're going to have to move? Well, we knew for quite some time that the building was up for sale. But when the final, um, and we kept asking, was it sold, was it sold? And when the final uh, time came that it actually sold, we had 30 days to get out. Okay. So that was what was pressing. We had 30 days and nowhere to go. But, uh, you know, God takes care of you, and he took care of us. Amen. So I... I um, feel very good about the situation now and and hopefully we'll continue on all right and so i bet it was a big relief when you finally found out that you had a new place to, to go and how did that come about well um the gentleman that owns the building um his name is steve and he saw it in the newspaper the article in the newspaper about us not having a place to go 
And so he called the Elkhart Foundation because he didn't know how to get a hold of us. And they got a hold of us and we got a hold of him. And then since then we've been able to, you know, go see the building and talk things out. And uh, he's just he's just a wonderful man to help us out. And we also uh, at, um, we also had to have a, a building uh, to store some of our stuff that was heat controlled. And um, uh, Mr. Zimmerman was from the funeral homes uh, gave us a building to use. So we're we're all set. We're ready to go. That's now. that's awesome. That is just awesome. So how many people do you usually serve per day? And is there a fee or a donation or anything? We charge nothing, and uh, we feed about um, anywhere from seventy to eighty people a day. Okay. And we also give away clothing, coats. Um, we do bus trolley passes for them. We do um, uh, toiletries and um, oh, we do we do a lot of things for them. We give them a lot of things more than just a, a meal. Okay, that's that's just incredible. And so, when is the new location at the former Knights of Columbus building officially scheduled to open, or approximately? And then, what time will the Suzanne's Kitchen again be in operation? I, I'm I'm shooting for February 3rd. Okay. We're hoping that by that time we'll have everything moved and cleaned and up and going, uh, so we can you know open up on the 3rd of February. All right. And our final question for this afternoon's show: Who's taking over the building? I, I heard I talked to the pastor a while back, and but I don't think she quite had the name of the church. Do you know what church is taking over? I do not. I do not know. Uh, we were we were never given. Uh, that privilege to know it supposedly it was bought by a third party and we asked who the third party was because we really wanted to see if we could negotiate staying here and uh, we were never allowed to know that so I, I really don't know what church is taking over but I hope God blesses them and they have a good a good congregation all right, well, thank you so much for your time here and giving us a little bit of the story and the transition and, and all that you help. And, and best of luck with, uh, with, the new, uh, with the new move. All right, well, I will be seeing all of you back for another episode of Michiana Speak Out on Monday. Take care and Happy New Year. This is News Source 1 Michiana. Elkhart South Bend